Welcome back to Our Street. Lynn Fisher with my uh, cold and snowy buddy, Kurt Elder, today. How are you doing, Kurt? Well, I'm well. I'm glad that this is a, a day that I you know, get to be inside and I'm not working outside today. Now, we are recording this, so the day we air this, it may be just bright and sunny, but right now, today, it's uh, it's not. So we have a return guest and uh, someone who's here to help us continue with our series of interviews for city council candidates. So we have uh, James Michael Bowers here on the show. Welcome back, James. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, for those few listeners who don't know, would you give us a little background? And then um, you're in District 1, is that correct? Yeah, so uh, generally speaking, Northeast Lincoln. Northeast Lincoln. Give our listeners some background if they don't happen to know you. Nonprofit boards and open to business in Havelock, and I've made my life in Northeast Lincoln. Um, what got me into politics was when I was working on the front lines of our child welfare system when the state child welfare. All, uh, some of the uh, on uh, kids in Nebraska and foster families and uh, in Nebraska. And I remember my head and it was instead of getting angry at the system, why not become one of those that creates the system? And that's what led me to getting involved in politics and policy and uh, uh, eventually led to me running for the city council in 2019. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I know there's a whole lot of story here, but when we yeah. look at when we when we look at 2019, you ran against an opponent. It's the same opponent that you're running running against now. Um, uh, what was the vote margin back then? So in the general election, I believe I won by. 800 votes and it was like a five point difference. I think I got 52.7 and I think he might've got like 47, something along those lines. I think I had a, it was a, it was a five point margin. Sure. So, yeah. so, so some time has passed. Experiences have been had by, uh, by everyone and you're probably out walking and talking again. And um, what are those things you're hearing this time around? How's your, uh, how's the soul on your shoes? on your shoes holding up? Uh, I love door knocking. Um, and the reason why I love door knocking is one, you know, it helps get the steps in. Uh, but two, also it provides an opportunity for uh, folks to um, talk and uh, for folks to share what's on their mind. And it also provides me an opportunity to respond to uh, what folks are thinking. Um, you know, I really value that uh, being accessible and that's why I'm the only elected official who holds a monthly town hall um, every month even since I was elected on the third Thursdays of every month at Anderson Library. Um, as I've been going door to door, um, one of the things that folks have been talking about recently has uh, I've actually had a lot of um, uh, uh, good news. And that was when we recently got uh, an $800,000 investment into Mahoney Park to create a, a, an accessible playground uh, for residents in Lincoln. Uh, to be able to play on a playground. Um, and that was recent news that came up and a lot of folks in Northeast Lincoln are very thankful for that. And it's a proven result of being able to deliver for Northeast Lincoln and for our city as a whole. Um, I'll come back to that whole project later, but that's one of the things I'm most proud of. In addition to that, uh, some of the other things that people have been bringing up have been um, public safety and um, also making sure that um, there's, there's a concern in um, how uh, much uh, outside dollars have gone into elections. And uh, that's something that has been very uh, palpable at the doors as I've gone door to door. And uh, in addition to that, um, folks also have been uh, talking about 
how do we, how, the conversation we have is how do we take Lincoln from like where we've been and taking it to the next level and continuing with growth and development. And one of the things that people have been mentioning a lot at their doors has been that Lincoln Bolt project down in the Haymarket. Um, and uh, those are kind of been the top things that have been people to mind and that have been in the news recently. So I'm sure that there's just, so when you first ran, you were green uh, about what all the city did and about the depth and the intensity of which it does its work. Looking back now, what were some of those aha moments that you learned about the city that you wish you would have known when you first ran? That's a really good question. Um, you know, going through COVID really was a crash course in decision making. Um, and I will hopefully be able to carry that to my next term. So in addition to just being on the council for the past four years, um, we've really had a, 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 some really unique experiences uh, and things that have uh, not happened in our history before um, in terms of, you know, Lincoln and Nebraska. I think one of the things that was really surprising is just like how slow it can take to get things done. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that I have passed several ordinances and initiatives and I'm known to get things done. Um, and I'm really proud of my broad portfolio of things that I've gotten done and uh, with uh, bipartisan support. But part of, part of the thing that was really um, frustrating at first was this, like if I had a good idea or if a constituent brought a good idea um, or if there was just a very obvious change, it was like, okay, like what do we need to do to take that to the next level? What do we need to do to start implementing this change? And I learned very quickly that getting things done uh, and making long lasting change is um, difficult, um, it, but it's worthwhile. You need to bring together all sorts of people. Um, you need to have those conversations um, and the process sometimes takes longer than what we would um, like it to take uh, in terms of uh, seeing results. That being said, being able to get things done is uh, 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 one of the things that I'm most proud of. I think the other thing that um, I uh, was really kind of surprised by an aha moment was figuring out like all the tools that are at um, uh, are at the lever of a person in uh, elected office, right? Uh, specifically within the city council. Um, I think that there's a lot of folks out there who um, sometimes overestimate what a single council member can do or overestimate what the council can do as a whole. Um, and being able to kind of explain what's within the scope of being able to make uh, realistic change and providing that education to folks really has kind of been a core part of what I've tried to do over the past four years. What is within the role of city council? Um, what are the, the tools at our disposal? And if there's an issue that's not at a city level, who's responsible for that? In addition to how do some of these like policies work and kind of the uh, historical background on it. So I really tried to incorporate that in there. Um, but like uh, in, outside of even just making a, a change to um, the budget or a change to city ordinance, there's really a platform that goes along with being on the city council. And I've been able to use that to uh, advocate uh, to uh, protect residents in Northeast Lincoln. Um, there's one uh, that sticks out specifically in my head about uh, long story short, I'm skipping over a bunch of details um, about, a, about a person that moved to Nebraska. She was an elderly woman. A cancer survivor. Uh, kids had her set up on automated payments for everything. And, um, you know, after a couple of years, um, she thought that her property taxes were being paid based on the automated systems that her kids had set up. But uh, an outside investor um, was essentially trying to evict her from her house. And so being able to um, work with that resident uh, and get her connected 
and uh, lend, you know, my power and my platform, um, help keep her in her home. And so there's a lot of levers that exist and being able to know what those levers are, how to get things done and what that process is. Um, there's a learning curve with that. And um, when we look at the turnover of council members, it's important that we have someone who can hit the ground running on day one and can bring that experience to proven leadership. Lynn, go for it. Yeah, so James, can you give us some more other maybe details and some specifics on these tools? You know, you said you, the platform that you uh, have as a city council person helped you, you know, assist this one particular person, but kind of walk us through some of those things that maybe people don't realize the inside story on what kinds of what kinds of things you have with the power you have as a single city council person uh, about specific areas. Can kind of talk about areas and what you can do. Yeah, no, I appreciate that question because it provides me an opportunity to um, kind of elaborate on some of my accomplishments and I'll kind of go through uh, different ones. So uh, when we talk about within um, the budget even, uh, to get the uh, accessible playground equipment, with that we had some moms of children with uh, special needs who wrote in and said, you know, I'll take my kid to the park and he's in a wheelchair and all he can do is watch the other kids play. Or parents who, uh, we had a parent who I think was in crutches and said, I can't take my kid to the park uh, because if he gets hurt, I can't get to him. And I mean, we got tons of letters. I mean, just heartbreaking stories, right? Um, and every kid deserves equal access to play in our playgrounds. So um, what I was able to do is I was able to work within our city budget and uh, got some council members to go along and we were able to essentially appropriate uh, $100,000 for accessible playground equipment. So after two years, you know, that got up to $200,000, $300,000. That ended up getting matched with uh, dollars from the state and dollars from private donations to create a $800,000, over $800,000 investment into Mahoney Park to create this accessible playground. So with like a little bit of seed money, a little bit of seed money from the city, uh, we were able to leverage that to get private donors and outside donors um, to bring this destination playground into Northeast Lincoln where kids can go be kids and they don't have to be limited by, you know, uh, uh, by, by their physical ability. That's one of the things that I'm most proud of. Um, in addition to that, um, similar, uh, similarly speaking within the budget, we were able to secure funding for um, universal home visitation. And universal home visitation is a proven model that Lincoln Lancaster actually used to have, um, but was repealed. Uh, I can't remember exactly when, but what this does is with, again, a little bit of money um, that's uh, being helped with outside sources, every child that's born in Lincoln and Lancaster County uh, can have up to three visits with a registered nurse to help support the, the infant by doing uh, assessments to make sure that they're on track with growth and development, especially in those crucial first couple of weeks, and to help provide support with parents um, with uh, breastfeeding or sleeping arrangements, and also with postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, postpartum mental health is one of the uh, number one killers of uh, 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 new mothers, and being able to address that is huge. And it also has a proven rate of uh, lowering ER visits and uh, CPS investigation rates. So with a little bit of support, we're able to create a, a healthier system um, that saves money uh, in other ways um, and make sure that you know families have resources they need. In addition to that, one, did you have something, Kurt? Oh. Keep going, you're on a roll, sorry about that. Another hey, thing. James, let me, let, let me just 
insert a, a, an addition to that question. James, is there any limit to what issue, problem, or situation that the city should address? I mean, it, it sounds like you know it's it's great and we nice to go out there and solve every problem any any of our citizens have. But is there a limit to that? Yes, but I, I want to respond. I want to finish up with the first question because there's other ways that we've been able to make changes, in addition to having the platform and in addition to the budget. Some of those are uh, repealing. Um, regulations and ordinances that just don't make sense anymore. Uh, two examples of that was uh, pawn shops not being allowed to be open on Sundays. Had a pawn shop owner reach out and he said, uh, uh, she said, I wanna be able to operate my business on a Sunday. It doesn't make sense that I can't. I'm like, you know, that makes perfect sense. So we were able to repeal an unnecessary regulation that had been in place since, uh, I believe it was like when you couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays. In addition to that, another thing that I'm really proud of is being allow, uh, allowing establishments to have uh, sidewalk cafes and be able to serve on their patios. Prior to that, it was there was a regulation that said um, more than 60% of your income had to come from food. Um, otherwise, uh, you were not allowed to serve on your patio. Well, I heard from local establishments that wanted to be able to serve on their patios um, and to create a more vibrant community. And so we were able to change that and repeal that. Again, it was an unnecessary regulation that did not make sense. Um, and I was really excited about the bipartisan broad support that came out from, you know, from community members, from to Nelnet. Um, I think like even Valentino's came out in support. Um, there was a huge, huge uh, wash of, there was a huge uh, outpouring of support um, for that. Another way that we can uh, make changes to make changes, other changes to city code. So one of the things that I was really proud of was passing the Youth Mental Health uh, Protection Ordinance, which will protect uh, uh, LGBTQ um, minors from conversion therapy. Now, I'm a therapist myself, so I mean, I know the science on this. I know the best practices on this. And we unfortunately had some um, folks in our city that were still, as, as providers themselves, still providing a discredited, harmful, um, uh, uh, I even hate to call it treatment, to some most vulnerable folks in our community. So being able to create a process to um, prevent that from happening, I think it was huge. So, yeah. James, okay. we're gonna take a short break. Okay. And we're and so <laughs> don't, don't go, for our listeners, we're talking to James Michael Bowers. He's a city council person district uh, uh, up in Northeast Lincoln, and we're gonna be uh, coming back in just two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Our Street, Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder. And today we're uh, chatting with James Michael Bowers. He is our Northeast Lincoln City Council person and he's running for reelection. And uh, in the first half of the show, we talked a lot about uh, many different things. And, and I had asked, kind of tried to slip in a question there. And, and uh, James, I want you to expound on this for me if you would. Uh, kind of put it in the context of what are the priorities for the uh, the budget for our city. I think everybody agrees public safety is probably the number one thing, but are there any limits to what the city should be doing in terms of, uh, of spending money on uh, any particular issue? No, I think that's a good question. Um, you know, what are the limits of city government and what is the limit of a city council body and what is the, uh, what is the limit of a, you know, a mayoral executive branch? And I think it's really important that we don't, um, that, so two different things. I think that it's important that city efforts do not uh, duplicate 
things that are happening like on a state level state level or a federal level especially if those other systems are working well right i feel like municipal governments sometimes are always like the first and last line of um, uh, protecting citizens and uh, making sure that some basic community services are put in place. So what I mean by first and last is uh, line of defense is sometimes, as we've seen, um, state and federal governments um, are not always successful in um, operating. <laughs> and uh, it really falls on municipalities to be able to do what it takes to uh, uh, provide for um, uh, basic services for our constituents. And what I mean by first is that the local government usually is sometimes the first place where um, constituents reach out and where residents reach out. We're the most accessible. Um, we have some very uh, accessible, we have, we have in Nebraska, I feel like we do have a very accessible government. Um, but there have been times where uh, I get folks who will email me um, asking about things that are more appropriate for a school board or for a county commission or for a state legislature or even a federal government. So when we look at like what is the scope of a, a city government or specifically in the city council, there's two things that a city council can do kind of officially, right? There's an ordinance, which is uh, a change to city law. And that usually takes three readings and three readings essentially means three weeks or three uh, different times that the council meets. And that is where we can um, repeal things in city code or add things to city code. And city code is essentially like city law, right? And even within that, there are still limits to um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, impacts of that. So for instance, on my youth mental health uh, protection ordinance, if someone takes this harmful act towards a child, it's not like we don't have the authority to lock people up for 20 years. Um, I believe it's like, uh, don't quote me on this, but like a $500 fine, like six months in jail. That's not necessarily what that is the consequence. That is like the upper limit of what uh, a consequence with city is. Uh, if someone, you know, in terms of consequences within like a, a criminal code. Um, the other thing that uh, is within the, the wheelhouse of a city council is within um, uh, doing what's called a resolution. And a resolution takes two readings and essentially two weeks or two meetings. And that is essentially direction that is uh, put forward by the council. So like we recently approved contracts to make Lincoln police officers the highest paid in the state in order to make sure that we work on recruitment and retention of our police officers and to address our to address our uh, police force. Um, that did not require a change to city code. That was essentially the council saying, we are going to accept uh, these contracts and that was a council direction. In addition to that, when we look at the different departments within city government, those are ways that um, folks uh, touch people's lives every day, right? From our libraries to fire and rescue, um, to the health department, and you know even things like parks and rec or planning and building and safety and transportation. And so, being able to work with those departments to, um, you know, e even with a formal resolution or even not with a formal resolution, but as a as a, a leader in the community, being able to help shape an agenda and a priority um, is huge. That being said, um, I do think that there is a, 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 a lane in city government. I kind of went over the limitations and kind of what's at, you know, uh, the disposal or the uh, ability of a city council member. Um, but I also think it's important that we think outside the box. And I don't mean necessarily like when it comes to the budget or the city council stepping outside, you know, what's within their authority and their limit. But like with my constituent who was um, 
uh, you know, a, an elderly cancer patient who uh, was essentially being taken advantage of, um, that provides me an opportunity to uh, step up and to help provide connections, which is essentially what I do as a social worker anyways. Yeah, Kurt? All right. You are, you are gifted with, uh, I am the council and you can be detailed. And I appreciate that about anyone who comes on our show, but we also need to touch on some other topics. So let's just, no, don't be sorry. We're just going to move on. So questions that I ask about it. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. No, questions I ask, I'm trying to ask all council candidates is, um, I'm a little tech challenged right now. Uh, Multiple things went on. Else, I would have pulled up your accountability and disclosure commission report. Can you tell us a little bit about who's helping supports you, the number of uh, you know donations you get, where they're coming from, average size? Tell us about the kind of Lincolnite that is being supportive of you. Yeah, I am so incredibly grateful for folks that have uh, supported our campaign and even supported our campaign in 2019. Um, I have a lot of uh, donors um, that may not be able to uh, provide those four or five uh, uh, digit uh, contributions, but those small dollar donors really are what drive me to not uh, drop the ball and to wake up every morning and realize how privileged I am to serve in this office. I remember, and I'm not going to use names, but um, there there have been several folks who have contributed um, significantly to our campaign. And I call them up and I'm like, listen, I cannot take your donation. Like, I cannot. Um, it's just, I know your financial situation. And it, it's really humbling when people say, I believe in you. I know you're going to make change. And I know you're going to stick up for us. Um, and that really is, uh, words can't explain like the amount of um, how humbling that feels and, you know, the uh, sense of responsibility that comes along with that and the sense of drive that makes it like, okay, like this is serious, right? Like I, my constituents and my residents uh, in Northeast Lincoln who support me, um, it means a lot. Um, in addition to those folks, there um, are also some uh, organizations. I feel really fortunate to have the support of uh, the Lincoln Police Union. Um, I feel uh, fortunate to have the support of the uh, Lincoln uh, Firefighters Union. Uh, I feel lucky to have the support of the Lincoln Central Labor Union. Um, and I also feel support. I uh, feel lucky to have the support of uh, community leaders um, and former elected officials um, who have stood by me and have also been, you know, uh, uh, mentors and uh, provide guidance over the past four years, especially during, you know, the four years that we all went through as a community. When I, I can keep going, but do you have something oh, that's yeah, Okay. So, uh, other candidates I've asked, you know, have you kept up on the budget? Have you, you know, reviewed the 2050 comp plan our our uh, affordable housing coordinated action plan? You were on the council during those times. Um, is there any facet of either of those three ideas, budget, comp plan, affordable housing action plan that you're excited about? Or do you have any piece of those that you really wanna work on in your next four years if you're reelected? Absolutely. So one thing that I will say is that, I'm trying to think how to word this and not that I'm trying to mince my words, but how do I articulate this? Um, I think people get very excited about you know, the comp plan, the affordable housing, like all these plans that exist, right? Um, I think that some of the technical information uh, in it um, 
people when I, in my conversations with people, people also get really excited when we talk about the nuts and bolts of like how things get done, but then also like what does a specific policy mean, right? And so um, I think that one thing that we could do better uh, as a city and one thing that I've kind of made a staple over the past four years is providing that uh, education and information to folks in Lincoln um, about process and uh, breaking down terminology and trying to make it in, you know, as easy to read uh, language as possible. Um, I think that- So, so, so just if I can just mm -hmm. push into this, what I'm hearing is that technical jargon sometimes loses people or people misunderstand what it, what it actually means or how something works and you're trying to fix it. Is that what you're yeah. trying to do or like absolutely. TIFF? Yeah, absolutely. TIFF is a perfect example. And that's why I'm holding a, a town hall today about it later on, uh, because with the Lincoln Bold project, we had a lot of folks that were upset about it. But when I asked them, you know, what is uh, tax increment financing or, you know, this tax increment loan, um, folks had a difficult time, you know, getting that accurate. And so based on a lot of people's belief of what tax increment financing or a tax increment loan is, I get why people would be upset. And that's not to say that there's not a conversation about like how tax increment financing works or how tax increment loans are being used in a city, but it's hard to have that conversation unless everyone kind of has a baseline understanding um, of what it is and those basic uh, uh, misconceptions and myths are cleared up. So um, that I think is um, uh, one of the things that we need to uh, continue to work for and um, one thing that uh, I will continue to push for over the next four uh, years. And I'll give you another example of this is not even just necessarily like the technical uh, language. I mean, that's a huge part of it, but I think the other part is, you know, I was at a candidate forum a couple days ago last week and um, it was really interesting being up there with, you know, the candidates who showed up and uh, some of the questions were about uh, climate, you know, what, climate and how it's gonna impact our community. And based on how the questions were answered, you know, it, it seemed like that there was sometimes like an immediate dismissal by some folks just because like the word climate was in there. But when some of the candidates talked about making sure that our community is safe from risks, I mean, everyone was nodding their heads, right? And when we talk about um, what do we need to do uh, in terms of planning, and I think one of my key phrases is like, planning builds transparency, because if we plan something out, it provides a roadmap for like, what the city's going to do and you know the city's priorities and all that other kind of stuff but once we started talking about again those nuts and bolts things about like how do we protect our community from risks uh how do we plan for this and uh how do we change how we communicate so that way language is not immediately um kind of a a, a, a turn off to some folks um, i think that's really important in order to build coalitions and to get uh, a lot of folks on board does that make sense Yes, it does. Yes, thank you. So we're wrapping up here, getting close to the end of our show. James, would you uh, describe for our listeners how they can get more information about you and your campaign and a website or any other contact information? Yeah, for sure. So my website is uh, Bowers for Lincoln, B-O-W-E-R-S um, for Lincoln, uh, it's spelled out. Um, and then also my email is james at bowersforlincoln.com. Uh, please feel free to send me an email, uh, uh, 
check out the website. Um, there's ways to get a hold of me on there. Um, or, you know, again, my monthly town halls um, as a, on the city council, third Thursday of every month at Anderson Library from 5.30 to 6.30. Um, if there's topics that folks would like to see in a town hall, please, please, please let me know uh, because um, probably about like once every four months, I do a town hall where it's like just me talking and answering questions. Um, and every town hall, I provide an update on what the city's working on and answer questions. But I also bring in a guest speaker uh, to answer questions and to address issues that are going on, kind of like TIFF, um, sure. kind of like, yeah. So um, those are some ways to get a hold of me um, that I really value. Well, very good. James, thank you so much for coming on again to the show. We really appreciate it. And so uh, good luck to you. And uh, we'll have you again, I'm sure, in the future. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, James. All right. And thank you. For our listeners, for our, yeah, thank you. So for our listeners, thanks again for spending some time with Kurt and me here on Our Street, and we'll see you next week.